Now, Tom Cruise has had a very interesting career in, a, in not always successful ways. He, for me, he, was, he went from being a pretty boy who couldn't act in the 80s to one of the best actors I thought out there in the 90s. He picked really interesting roles, Born on the Fourth of July, um, Interview of a Vampire. He was by far the best thing out of that film. He gave one of the all-time great performances in Magnolia. And after that, he seemed to just switch off. He started doing the Mission Impossible franchise, and that looked like it was going nowhere, but it sort of kicked in somewhere between the third and the fourth movie. The first two were awful, I thought. But since then, it's been very, very good and also a billion-dollar movie industry, and they're making the... What are we up to? Four was great, five was good. Have we done six? I don't even know now. I've lost track of these franchise films. And that was it. He didn't really seem to do much outside of it. Occasionally, just occasionally, he would take a role that was much, much more interesting, such as... Um, and I don't... Honestly, I love Mission Impossible 3, 4, 5, whatever we're up to. I've loved them. I haven't necessarily thought that he was one of the reasons why I loved them either. I thought his character is a bit one-note in those films. But occasionally, I, he did that Thomas... Uh, was it Michael Mann film... Uh, where he played a hitman and he was in the back of a cab with Jamie Foxx, and that was excellent. He was brilliant in that. But he just doesn't seem to bother anymore. And this year he sort of tried to launch a new franchise uh, called The Mummy, and it was I think I gave it 1 out of 10. It was a, a truly atrocious mess. So he, he's come back with a film called American Made, and even though it is a bit of an action-adventure sort of thing, it's the closest to creating a new style of character he's done for a long time. And the exciting part about it for me uh, was the director, Doug Lindman, is one of the most unsung directors out there. Uh, he's kicked off with Swingers, that great film from the 90s, uh, which had Vince Vaughn in it. Uh, he did Go, the clubbing one, The Born Identity, pretty tight directing on that. Uh, and he produced The Born Supremacy. Uh, he did Jumper in 2008, which was a brilliant science fiction film, um, with Bruce Willis in it, with uh, assassins going backwards and forwards through time. That was excellent. But most enticingly, he did um, Edge of Tomorrow, a really, really great sci-fi film starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt a few years ago, where Tom Cruise wakes up on the same day in, in the middle of a battle every day. And that was brilliant. That was a really good sci-fi film. So for those two to get back together again, I found it very, very interesting. And the fact that they're doing what is now de rigueur which is um, stories that in some way relate to the cocaine cartels of uh, Colombia and Mexico. Um, we just had Narcos finish, Narcos Series 3, which is excellent. Um, and that whole sort of Pablo Escobar world, there seems to be a, a, an influx of TV shows and movies and documentaries over the last 10 years on those subject matter. This time he focuses on one of the most interesting characters in the whole lot, uh, Barry Seal, who... Um, ended up being assassinated by Pablo Escobar um, very famously in the, in the 1980s. And he was a TWA airline pilot, a very talented one, uh, and one that was recruited by the CIA to uh, be involved in the uh, Sandinistas v. Contras battle in El Salvador and sort of fly back and forth and, and take guns and stuff like that. And he ended up being co-opted into Escobar's empire where they were basically taking guns and reloading the plane 
with um, with cocaine and he was bringing that back to America and he sort of got very, very successful, like very successful, had fleets of planes, his own air, airport and everything that he, he made multiple, multiple tens of millions of dollars um, and basically got sucked into this whole world of the covert operations that were going on in Central America with the um, CIA trying to destabilize de uh, democratic governments that favored the people and try and push um, far-right governments in that were massacring people. And it all turned into a mess, and they're still wearing that mess now. I mean, if you look at what happened in El Salvador, is, that the, oh, is, is it Nicaragua or El Salvador for the Sandinistas? I mix that up. But the civil wars that they were funding and arming and training that was the influx of refugees into America. And that's where uh, MS-13, the famous gang, came from in L.A. They formed in L.A. because they were refugees from that, from that El Salvadorian war. And then they got deported back to El Salvador and took the gang with them. And now it's the biggest gang in the world. Um, so the messes they make just haven't ever gone away. Um, and it, it sort of taps into the start of the Reagan era with... Um, um, the, um, the notion of um, sort of like uh, his war on drugs, basically, and also the, um, his ramping up of international pressure on, on these... He thought that, you know, there's these communist insurgencies all over South America. Whenever a populist government came in, America calls them communists, uh, which is really annoying. So anyway, it follows uh, the literal story of, of his life and how he uh, went through a, a number of... He's a very reckless man. And he says himself, he leaps before thinking and he got in a lot of trouble and managed to get himself out of a lot of trouble all the way through to the bitter end. Uh, the other people in the film, um, Sarah Wright as his wife is, is kind of interesting. She's a little bit boring at times, um, but she's very sort of radiantly beautiful. And she when she's good in it, she reminds of Reese Witherspoon. She's got that sort of spark about her. The best one for me was a brilliant actor called Donald Gleeson, who's uh, Brendan Gleeson's son. He's been in lots of things, and he's always excellent. And he's probably the best one in this film because he plays the CIA mentor of of uh, the Tom Cruise's Barry Seal character. And he, he cuts a perfect line between being very sort of nice and, yeah, okay, and, and then at the same time being incredibly evil. And incredibly ruthless. He's brilliant in it. I really liked his character. There's quite a few good sort of side characters. Jesse Plemons is, is good as the sheriff as well. He was from Breaking Bad. Um, and it, it, it's got a lot of sort of like the political stuff that happened as well. It leads into the Oliver North Reagan uh, Contra scandal after the... Um, I thought one of the interesting parts at the start um, of sort of when he was recruited, they show the Contras, which were the opposition to the Sandinistas, um, and the Contras were the right-wing paramilitaries and the, the Sandinistas were the socialist government. And the Americans kept trying to take the socialist government out with the Contras. And in, when he goes there, the Contras aren't interested remotely in fighting. They just want to sell drugs and make money. It's really interesting because most of the guns uh, end up in the hands of uh, Escobar's mob, the Medellin cartel. And so the Americans get really frustrated and start shipping them back to America to train them. All these... Um, Contra rebels and half of them as soon as they land in America would just run away and just live in America it's quite interesting because you, you think that there were these hardline paramilitaries set up to go and fight and everything but really America 
did their best to fund, arm and train them, including taking them to America to train them. And not very successfully either. Um, so it, is, it, it follows that. Um, but what's it like as a movie? Well, it's, it's actually a near misfire, but it's still often excellent. Often excellent. It's got really good reviews, but it's also often not. It sort of drifts a lot. Um, I found the opening sort of 30 or 40 minutes very high octane, but it seemed to move from scenario to scenario without embedding them. And I found it sort of, I was going, oh, I don't know if I like this that, that much, actually. And then it went through a long period where it sort of gelled. And I think that was once they sort of didn't change the scenario every 15 seconds what was happening. It was sort of like the characters were developing a bit more and the story sort of was a bit more relatable because I was a bit confused about, wait, are you in Colombia? Are you in Granada now? Are you in, what? Who's, who are the people you're talking to? And I was constantly doing that. And it was all a bit zany and a bit fast but then it sort of slowed and and it got really really good but it did go up and down for me it was a it was an uneven film i found that some bits were very enthralling for 20 minutes or so and then it would sort of drop back into being either frenetic or a bit silly or or i couldn't understand quite what was going on and sometimes um the unevenness stemmed to smaller moments being sort of strongly delivered and really important massive events sort of sliding by and I was not quite understanding everything that was going on uh, one element that I normally not don't have a problem with is historical accuracy but here they're very inaccurate historically and I don't think they needed to be and I think they changed so much that it's it's borderline rendering the story as not that it's, it's almost more a fictional film than it is uh, a true life story and the true life story is so interesting anyway for instance in the film Tom Cruise is a TWA pilot recruited by the CIA and during the course of his work with the CIA Pablo Escobar recruits him in real life he'd been sacked by TWA long before this for smuggling he'd spent time in jail for smuggling and he was already smuggling cocaine so it's like well why change things so much that they render the story a little bit well, it's, it's like it's fiction rather than, than than just following what was a really good story to start with. Tom Cruise is up and down in it as well. The longer the movie goes on, the more I liked him, the more the better I thought his performance got. But I still felt like he wasn't trying that much, and he's also hamstrung by the fact that Barry Seal isn't a likable character. Um, he's he's very reckless and often selfish and often makes very dumb mistakes. Um, so that. That's that's something that's not necessarily his fault. It's, it's just hard to warm to him, and I didn't feel like he gave it his all until the worst stuff started happening to him towards the end of the story. And then I thought he turned in a, a good performance. I would not say it was a great one. I really like the brother. If I can find him, uh, Lucy Seal. No, I can't see the name. Oh yeah, Caleb Landry Jones. Don't know who that act, actor is, but second he walks on screen, he's he's like the dipshit brother that spoils everything for everyone um he's great and as soon as you, he walks on screen you just know he's gonna screw everything up is there a, a movie a companion piece to it would be johnny depp's film blow and that was a nearly really good film another one focusing on the sort of es it had escobar in it as well um and it focused on that whole sort of late 70s boom of cocaine um and you know what i was thinking like 
why they spend so much money on cocaine in like stopping it if you look at the damage that drugs have done okay crack cocaine was bad but at the moment in america opioids legally prescribed from pharmacies and methamphetamine way outstrip the damage done by cocaine there's not much stopping opioids or methamphetamine but they spend 40 billion dollars a year trying to stop you know cocaine coming in from somewhere and failing miserably and you do think it's just about geopolitics they want involvement in colombia and el salvador and nicaragua they want to have a reason to be in those countries militarily rather than anything to do with drugs um so for me, the annoying thing is, like, when the mummy, mummy came out, all of the blame for it got laid at Tom Cruise's door. And it was he was interfering with everything. And I got the impression that he was more concerned with scenes, individual scenes, than he was with narrative. And that's the Michael Bay problem with movies. Like, the narrative is just doesn't matter. I want a scene where this happens. And this is often the case, was often the case in The Mummy, where those scenes would destroy the narrative of the movie it was just it was really annoying that you'd done that because you've just completely ruined the story building or anything and i felt that a lot with this film it was like maybe too many cooks and maybe tom tom was putting his finger in the thing but then the last film they did to the, the edge of tomorrow was perfect it didn't have any flab on it it didn't have any superfluous nonsense on it it was really straight through but again i thought tom cruise was better in that and i think even though blow was a bit of a misfire I thought that both Johnny Depp and the film Blow were better than this. And they certainly didn't get as good reviews. Um, so it's certainly worth watching, definitely. But it is, for me, a little bit of a misfire. Um, and I'm still waiting for Tom to come back and give us a really interesting performance, as he has done many times, but not for a very long time. But anyway, it was a good film, and I'm glad that it was a success because it was a, you know, an original concept movie, it wasn't a franchise film. It had a really good director. Sadly, it might be the worst film I've seen him make, but the other ones are really strong. So that's not necessarily, you know, Swingers is a minor classic. Born Identity, Jumper was awesome. Edge of Tomorrow was awesome. Nowhere near as good as those ones, but still very interesting and still has a lot of moments in it. Perhaps too many moments. And perhaps too many moments like landing a plane on the freeway and stuff that didn't happen where you're kind of like you're doing it for the movie rather than for the narrative. Anyway, I'm going to give it... I know I'm struggling with this one. I'm going to give American Made, which is currently on release, a 6.5 out of 10. And I think on Rotten Tomatoes it's about 90%. It's not worth that. This is a fitting uh, song to play after reviewing a movie about Reagan era.